So far in My Life and Stories, we've covered a broad range of topics. We've spoken about the makeup industry, business startups, grief, depression, and even self-build Instagram accounts, to name but a few. In this episode, we're going to add midwife and I think it's fair to say entertainer to the list. Jennifer Moynihan, you are very welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Great, great. <laughs> Tired, a long day at work, you know, yourself. I bet, you poor thing. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm delighted to talk to you here this evening, Jennifer. Um, we'll get on to the entertaining part uh, <laughs> later on in the episode. Okay. But um, as I said, I try to cover a broad range of topics on this series. And I think it's great to have a midwife on. So, Jennifer, can you tell us about your journey into your chosen career and why you felt midwifery was the job for you? Yeah, perfect. Um, so I suppose I started out actually as a learning disability nurse first. I did um, a four year degree program in Sligo and then I finished up in Sligo when I went to Scotland to do my general training. And there was 21, I think, in my class and 20 of us were Irish. We had the <laughs> best crack ever um, in Edinburgh and met gorgeous girls, brilliant friends and came home and worked in general for, God, I'd say maybe four or five years. And then it's just something still wasn't hitting it for me I was like there I just needed or wanted something and felt I was missing something and my grandmother was a midwife and my father had gorgeous stories about her job and um different things that she was doing in the community and I was like god maybe that's for me and we have her bag at home and <laughs> it's amazing Maria to see like what's in this little bag and that's all she had um to deliver half the town of Mitchellstown to what we now have all these you oh know machines and everything and I was thinking yeah this is amazing this sounds like a like a really empowering job so I applied for my midwifery and the interview was hard um, and mm. I wasn't too confident I got it because I, I really really wanted it you know when you really want something and you just keep putting yeah. yourself in when you come out of an interview and um, I was delighted I had got my midwifery in Galway and I trained and trained with the most beautiful 11 girls there was 11 girls in my class and we were all so so close and um, I just felt that I finally found the career for me um, midwifery I suppose midwife means with woman and um, it's just such a power empowering job to be able to support an advocate on the behalf of a woman as she enters into a massive life-changing event and it's just so lovely to be a part of her journey. And Jennifer, you must have done really well to get it. It's not easy to get onto courses here in Ireland. So oh, no. you must have really wanted it. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And I think that's why I was putting so much pressure on myself for interview prep and everything for midwifery because I knew it was hard. I knew friends that mm. had gone for it and um, that it was tough. But anyway, I got there and I'm delighted to be now qualified and working in this profession for the last couple of years. And I really enjoy it. And I can't see myself doing anything else by doing the odd TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Jennifer, just for our listeners, maybe are unfamiliar with what exactly a midwife does what would you say is the role of the midwife in your experience yeah so the role of the midwife I suppose is to advocate and support on behalf of a woman and guide her through um maybe pre-pregnancy um there's roles in pre-pregnancy and fertility and when you are then pregnant you will be met antenatally so we will care for you during your pregnancy and set you up a plan to that's tailored for you as per you know if you've any medical needs in the past or whatever like a diabetic asthmatic etc that like a, a, a tailored plan is made for 
for you for your antenatal care. Then you were met, um, I suppose, that the, the labour delivery side of it and you were guided through your labour delivery of your baby. And then postpartum, you're minding your lady um, postnatally, maybe recovering from whatever way she delivered, via section, um, vaginal delivery, whatever way she um, happened to deliver that day. So you're guiding her through that. You were then assisting her. And education is a massive, massive role yeah. of ours um, to look after your baby, to look after mum. And um, then we can, you know, they go home then. And I suppose in Ireland, um, our postpartum care, say, uh, we, we cover you up to six weeks after you have a baby. So you're more than welcome to come back if you have any, um, I suppose, concerns or if you're feeling any way unwell, up to six weeks. And then you're cared for in the community. But I think postpartum, I hope we will get better at it and that there will be more supports out there to care for women um, during the postpartum period because it's a massive, massive, they call it the fourth trimester. So there, it's a massive oh. transition that I hope to God that we get better at supporting women um, maybe longer then the six weeks because it's definitely warranted and needed okay and so Jennifer just for people like myself who's never yeah. experienced pregnancy um and say they were early on in their earlier on in their pregnancy at what stage would they meet a midwife is it so it's your booking you visit, I suppose. So if you 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 decide to or you find out today that you're pregnant, mm -hmm. then you will you'll try and date back to the first date of your last period to try and figure out how many weeks that you are. Um, you'll go to your GP to register your pregnancy. He, she, the GP will do a, another dipstick of urine um, yeah. to confirm your pregnancy and then book you um, antenatally then with the with your chosen hospital. You would meet myself and my beautiful colleagues around yeah. maybe 12 weeks um, gestation where you'll have your first scan and your booking visit and your booking visit is for us then to obtain as much information as we can from you in order to make a plan of care for you during your pregnancy then okay I actually didn't know you had um midwives were that early on involved yeah yeah 12 weeks and, and maybe earlier if you've had any any maybe a bit of a bleed early on or anything like that that you needed to um come in to the system a little bit earlier then that's that's no problem Okay. Yeah. And is there any specific trends you might see in first time mothers? Um, I'd imagine a lot of anxiety, worry or maybe excitement. What would you, it's a, yeah, excitement and I suppose even talking from my own personal experience, I think that we put massive, massive emphasis into what to expect when we're expecting. So we're we're dying to know it. What size is the fetus now? You know, at 12 weeks and there's lovely apps to tell us whether, you know, we're a pear this week, we're an apple this yeah. week, it's a pineapple this week. Um, and that's all yeah. lovely to, to, to understand the physiological um, stage that you're at during pregnancy. But I think we put so much emphasis on the expecting bit that maybe the postpartum bit is a little bit um, maybe neglected in a way because we're just so excited and then I suppose postpartum hits and we're kind of like oh my god the baby's here now what do I do yeah you know but like to be honest I there's not too many books out there to well there is but um to guide us in from the postpartum stage and and even in my own personal experience when people were trying to tell me about the postpartum phase I was nearly like our shirt will be grand I wasn't even listening because <laughs> I was just so focused on what was growing here and how I was going to get this person out that's all I cared about that then <laughs> maybe that the the bit of actually they're here now what am I going to do yeah, and I'd say a lot of people, I'd say you're not alone like that, Jennifer. Um, no, definitely not. So after you've had the baby, um, 
when you say postpartum, what yeah. can people expect then for those? Well, you're always postpartum, actually. I had We're Suzanne, always once, yeah, once, Suzanne, once postpartum, um, always postpartum. Suzanne Carney always Suzanne says Carney, that, and I always yeah. remember her. Yeah, she always says that, and it's very, very true. Um, I suppose it's just the recovery, the emotional transition from being single and uh, with you and your husband, you and your partner, you and your girlfriends, to now being three or four if you're having twins or whatever. Um, you know, that's a massive emotional um transition in your life, and I think that's where some people may struggle with that transition and that's only normal because there is only you know you you only have to think about you and maybe your partner and now you have to think about three of you um and that that is quite tough but again maria like things are evolving all the time and there are courses that are going to come about in the next few years to help women transition which i think is brilliant and very much needed Yes, absolutely. And yeah, just, uh, you know, we're talking about postnatal there. Yeah. I'm sure postnatal depression is, you know, we, we hear a lot about it. Um, yeah. Just with you on the podcast, it might just give people a bit of an idea of maybe some of the symptoms of postnatal depression or yeah, maybe absolutely. what to look out so- for. Yeah, so post postnatal depression. Now they say up to a year, but like recent studies are telling us that it can actually happen up to two years of the baby's life. Um, I suppose you would start feeling maybe um maybe down, um, very anxious. Anxiety is a massive um symptom of postpartum depression. Um, maybe no interest in eating, um, no interest in getting out of the bed, the baby's crying, you couldn't think of anything worse than having to care for this child, no interest in your partner, kind of fighting with them all the time. Um and just just not yourself and you're just not settled. And it, I suppose when you have a new baby, of course, you're going to feel like day three, day four, day five. We talk about baby blues, which is so, so normal, Maria. There's a massive shift in hormones that yeah. we're emotional and we're crying. And that all is very, very normal. But they're also the days that your family and your neighbors are up on top of you to come in and visit mm-hmm. your baby. And you're like very overwhelmed by this. That is normal. So I do think that a lot of women start panicking very early on. Oh, my God, I have postnatal depression. No, you don't. We, we don't give ourselves a chance that we kind of rushed conclusions because we're so afraid of this happening whereas a lot of these things that happen are normal it's where it when it takes effect of your life or when it starts to take hold of your life and you're not able to function as normally that's when you need to seek help that's when you need to seek guidance and sometimes Maria, it might only be counseling that you need you know it's not always necessarily medication but your gp will guide you through whatever path he or she decides with you so when mum and baby are being discharged Jennifer yeah education wise you mentioned that would you have a little chat with them and say that this oh, is absolutely this happen? the day that you go home is nearly a bombard of information because you're trying to you know educate the woman going home for the different um things that you need to look out for um and postnatal depression is 100% covered and again that will be followed through by your public health nurse when she comes to see you at home that will be reiterated then with her um, and she will give you, you know, I suppose, supports locally in her area then that you can you can reach out to if you need help. And I'm sure it's very common as well. And people probably don't talk about it that much. 
but I'm sure they're not alone if anyone is feeling that way either. No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. 100%. And different things can can bring it on, you know. So, um, but and again, as I said, just opening up about it and talking about it and even sharing with a friend might just be that weight lifted and she might have had a same or similar experience to you. And But that's why it's very important when you do have a baby to find your mother tribe that you can say, listen, I don't feel great today or does this happen to you or do you feel like this because um um you can be guaranteed if you're feeling it a lot of your other your other mammies are feeling it too yeah it's like anything when you say like oh anything. I feel this way and yeah. you talk to your friend they're like oh me too me too I feel yeah. like this I thought I was the only one so absolutely definitely. I thought now I was going to have my first baby I was going to rock this I was going to breastfeed this fella till he was in college <laughs> I was going to you know everything was going to be smooth sailing and it wasn't you know and because I was a midwife I nearly put myself under that little bit more of pressure and I was maybe slower to open up but then when I did I felt so much better about the challenges that I found you know hard breastfeeding um you know emotional side of it I found found difficult to deal with but I was so lucky I had my mom my sister and um, some friends that I had and I found a gorgeous group of women of where I live now that are now my best friends and um, that I had them to talk to and open up to and the majority of anything that I was feeling half of them or more of them were feeling the exact same yeah it's lovely to have that yeah. community and you need that around you so nice but sometimes mother and baby groups are a little bit intimidating because you may feel they're a bit clicky or if mm -hmm. you don't have the confidence to be kind of going to these things and speaking out but the majority well I would imagine 99% of the women that are there are all there for the same reason that they just want to support you and you you they you know vice versa so it's a really good thing to get involved and if you if you have the option but I know with COVID going on it's a bit tough um, but if any mom is listening in Mayo, there is a gorgeous group um, that go for walks. They meet, I think, every Wednesday um, talk and talk and walk, I think, with mommy and baby. It's a Mayo group anyway. The girl is Sabrina. I'll find the, um, the oh, link yeah. for you or something. This girl, Sabrina, yeah. has that up. So that's brilliant because that can still go on, weather permitting, obviously. But that's a nice way for moms to get out at the moment. Oh, thanks for mentioning that, Jennifer. That'll be lovely for people. Anyone interested yeah. will mention that at the end. Yeah, um, I'll find the name. Um, you mentioned there about breastfeeding and we know, and I, I don't, I, I, I need to, you know, mention it, but I don't want to dwell on it because yeah. I know it's a bit of a, a topic and I know some women can feel under pressure to breastfeed and uh, versus bottle feeding Um just I'm sure there's benefits of each of them you know I don't want Absolutely. to be like breast is I hate saying that breast is yeah best. I, I know I know and like it's a very very tough topic to even to talk about and it's like kind of where do you start because yeah. um it's a very emotional experience and obviously absolutely breast is best if it's suiting you but mm. fed is best like yes. that's the most important thing um breast breast milk obviously is fabulous it's amazing it's uniquely tailored to meet the baby's needs you know it's designed especially for your baby and it contains all the nutrients that they could possibly require um and it's amazing if it works out for you it's an absolute skill that you and baby need to master you need a massive support behind you you need your husband to be supportive or your partner your girlfriend whoever um mm. Um, you know, and you could be breastfeeding way mighty and then you could have one person coming in saying, Are that child is starved, give it a bottle. 
you know and that's yeah. that's all you need is just one comment and you're just like floored because it is as I said a skill and you're you're just trying to get grips of everything plus dealing with recovery of however way you've delivered and trying to master the skill but when it does work and when it does establish it is brilliant um and again, mom needs to be happy with her decision. And I hate when I hear women say, oh, did you breastfeed or bottle feed? Because the minute that question is asked, I see women all the time launch into their excuse. And I think no yeah. excuse ever needs to be given. Um, oh, I did, but I only did it for this. Who cares? You did it for a week. You did it for a month, a year. Brilliant. Good on you. And even the decision to stop breastfeeding and then to start bottle feeding, which is adequately, you know, um, nutritional for baby as well. Um, and to make that decision to stop, then that is a mighty decision. And that takes a lot of guts to stop and to say, listen, no, I can't do this anymore. It's not working out for me or my family. I'm going to bottle feed now and I'm going to be happy with my decision. And I just wish yeah. that more women were just happy with their final decision and not constantly having to make that excuse it, because there's enough going on in our lives without having as well to have to, you know, give an excuse for our decisions that we make for our families. It's whatever suits you, your partner, your family, your life. And there's absolutely no reason to feel guilty about it. Never. And they don't need to explain themselves to anyone. I think never, that's never, the thing never. though, isn't it? But... It is, but we all do it and we're, yeah. we're all guilty of it. And, yeah. you know, everyone talks about this mammy guilt and it's, it's a very much a real thing. But we all do the best. We all aim, Maria, to do the best for our babies and our families. So, you know, whatever you decide to do, be happy with your decision and be confident with your decision. Nobody needs your excuse. Yeah, and don't be so hard on yourself. No. Everyone is trying their best. Everyone, yeah, exactly. Now, on to the next part. Um, recovering from a C-section. Just yeah, talk about so that. I've had an emergency section myself and an elective okay. section. So I've had the recovery of both. And right. yeah, it's tough. And again, women need to understand you've just had major abdominal surgery. Please go yeah. easy on yourself. Like there's this kind of perception, mercy flower, we need to be out walking the roads and we need to be, yeah. you know, <laughs> killing ourselves to get back into those jeans and look mighty and act mighty. No, you do not. You need to relax. You've had major ab abdominal surgery. You need to care for yourself. They say six weeks, mm. you know, um, we're not allowed to drive for six weeks. You have to, you know, wear your TED stockings. You have to, uh, you know, take your IMAHEP injections to prevent clots. You have to mind yourself and take your time and ask for help and I think Irish women especially are very bad for asking for help we think yeah. we have to do everything ourselves yeah that's and we it. don't um so it, it is a bit longer recovery as opposed to vaginal um Vaginal, vaginal delivery, delivery. Which, which again which again comes with you know a, a big recovery as well every delivery comes with a big recovery that you need to give your body a chance to heal and I suppose we'd feel that we don't have the time because we're so busy and we're so preoccupied with this little person that we are giving our undivided attention to that we kind of forget ourselves um, and we try to do too much but oh my god I would urge any first time mommy to please ask for help you know I didn't myself like an Egypt at the start second time around definitely more confident to say god would you give us a hand and a help is not like would you feed the baby a help is you know rocking in and putting on a wash for a mum you know dropping a dinner to her don't ask her because they'll always say no you know just yeah. walk in and just do those kind of jobs and they are so helpful and that has given her you know 10-15 minutes of breathing space then to do yeah. something for herself have a shower go to bed whatever yeah it's just small I can just imagine I haven't been through it but like 
I've seen it with my cousins and friends like just to even have a shower on your own yeah. without having someone in, in the bathroom. hanging <laughs> off you absolutely and like Maria I laugh to myself now of the most impractical presents I used to buy my friends that had yeah. babies and now I'm absolutely cringing at the presents that I would have given people like baby grows that you'd have to tie a thousand times to get on them like if they have a massive poo explosion how the hell are we going to get that off them <laughs> you know just totally ridiculous but we all do it well, actually, uh, well, now that we're on that point, if there is a um, practical present for a new mom, is there anything there just off the top of your head? I'm totally putting you on the spot now. Yeah, no. Is there if, if I was to give any to a new yeah. mom like that, Maria, is to come in and do a job for her, yeah. you know, but bring her dinner and dinner that she can freeze, bring her food, bring her snacks wash clothes for her um, collect other children for her you know do those yeah. kind of things or housework they are just um, you know fabulous gifts that you can give anybody because it just gives that mummy a chance to relax and yeah. not to have to be worrying about whatever else is going on in the house and she can concentrate on minding herself and minding her little bundle I love it I love all the practicalities there yeah. Jennifer um, now just balancing back to work you have yeah. recently am I right in saying it's only recently you've got to come back from maternity leave to work yes I'm just back home this is my fifth week back I think oh you're very recent so yeah how have you been finding that with the two smallies at home um I am enjoying the work and it's lovely to get um some adult time um you know talking to other adults instead of the boys um but I am finding it hard me it's busy mm. like my days off are busy with the lads there's no kind of rest as with every working mom this is not a big shocker you know no but yeah. I definitely find it is a little bit busier now with the two than the last time that I went back but it is so so lovely but um and it's so lovely to be as, as I said talking to other adults but like I found my first week going back and I was you know you know asking a woman could I take her hand to do blood pressure and I'm like I'm just going to take your handy and I'm like oh my god Jennifer <laughs> she's not gonna have any confidence in you when I've just called her hand a handy you know this kind of thing oh, yeah, so I need yeah. to work on my vocabulary but um yeah it will be good and it will all pan out I'm sure I know I know well in fairness you're at home for the you're you've been with the two kids for the last year months, yeah so. it's a lovely year so it was a great year out but yeah you do you do need the adult um time after definitely. a while definitely yeah Now, Jennifer, I want to talk about the reason I asked you on the podcast and the reason how I know about you. Um, so you kindly wrote me a nice message um, about the podcast I did with Ashling Donlan, a fellow nurse on her self-build um, Instagram account. You have set up your own Instagram Instagram account called Pooch and Cooch. Um, yeah. It's fabulous. It's very funny <laughs> and it's very informative. Do you want to tell our listeners why you set it up? Yeah, I suppose um, after I had my first baby, um, I kind of felt a little bit vulnerable. I was looking at all these beautiful, polished pictures of gorgeous Instagrammers that were just stunning, postpartum, you know, rocking out of the hospital, looking fab, hair in curls, beautiful dresses, tan on, lashes on. And I was like, oh, my God, I was actually like a cow dragged through a ditch. And I'm like, <laughs> how? How did I miss? What did I miss here now at antenatal classes that I didn't know how to come out looking like a goddess you know yeah a little bit kind of 
not crap about myself, but kind of a little bit like, oh God, just a bit frumpy. And, you know, and I was kind of in search of a page like this that to be like, you know, this is okay too. Um, you know, it's okay to have a jiggly belly and, you know, boobs sagging to, the, to your knees. That's normal. Yeah for it that's okay so I was like you know how many others are actually thinking like this and how many others are at home going god almighty you know what is wrong with me and why didn't I come out like a goddess etc so the reason I kind of set up this page was to just kind of normalize postpartum life normalize different things that in motherhood that may be difficult to talk about like you spoke to Suzanne Carney about pelvic floor issues and um, mm. women are afraid to come out and talk about these things because they see it as so abnormal or embarrassing and it's more so just to be kind of open honest and do it in a funny way because people find find you a little bit more engaging if you're kind of having the crack about it because we're Irish and yeah. you know it's, I find that there is more engagement when I talk about something and do it via a TikTok do it via a poem or something like that like I find I get way more engagement than coming on and giving out spitting out facts and ratios and pie charts about this is what happens etc so um, I don't have a massive following but I have a, a very uh, big engagement of followers um, from girls that I don't even know some of these girls Maria and I'd nearly consider them friends you know the way um, I'm yeah. sure you find that yourself with people the way they communicate with you on Instagram um, it's, yeah. there's a lovely community there if you want to be a part of it it's so nice yeah there's people I've met on it and I feel like I know them and I've yeah. never met them in real life even yourself now you know even the few messages back and forth I've, I've actually yeah. felt I've gotten to know you a bit so it's yeah it's amazing how you can build a community there fairly quickly absolutely and if you are a mom that is you don't have friends that are in the same situation mm. that can be very challenging in itself so it's great to be able to reach out to these little groups and be like oh my god I can talk to these people about my problems or because I can't tell my friend who hasn't had a baby she might not understand or might not want to listen but of course she does but you're just thinking that she doesn't so it's just nice to have this little online community as well and um when did you set it up when did you set up so, the page I'll tell you how it actually happened. So I there was a competition on Facebook and it was to win something like a thousand euro worth of baby products. And I had my baby at the time, but I had two friends that were expecting. So I had a ding dong moment in my head. I'm going to do this competition. And I'm going to write a poem about posting or about, about having a baby. And um, if I win the present, I'm going to or prize, I'm going to split it up between the two girls. So I did this poem. And I entered the competition online and then they came back and said, uh, we would like to give you the prize, but would you be able to pay the post and package from England? And I'm like, what? Um, OK, how much is this or whatever? And she's kind of like, oh, something like £480. And I'm like, Ari, here, forget it. I was like, no, thank you. Um, but would you mind not posting my poem because I'll keep it for something else? So yeah. I sent it to my sister. Um, you know, joking. Oh, my baby's only six weeks old in, in the video. It's one of the very first posts I've ever posted on my Instagram. And my poem was sent to her daddy and it went viral. So I needed something to re uh, to kind of reference myself back. So I set up the page and that's how it all came about. Okay. And was this this year or was it with this your year, first yeah. baby? So, no, no, this year with my second baby. Well, my first baby, oh. I wouldn't... I, my head from my elbow <laughs> I would not be able to put anything together after my first baby but this is my second my second baby so you'll see my very first uh, post on Instagram is my poem about postnatal life okay, about having a baby go and have a look at that um, yeah definitely so how it all came about so I needed something to re refer reference back so I then made up the page Pooch and Cooch which is which is the nickname for my two boys Paddy and Killian okay lovely um 
It's cute names, Pooch and Cooch. As they're yeah. Paudy and Killian, they're gorgeous names. <laughs> yeah. Um, like as an onlooker, Jennifer, you're very creative. Where do you get the inspiration for your videos, or how do you get your ideas? Oh, some, some people probably be like, she is cracked. Um, no, I don't know, really. I suppose TikTok has now become a thing and it's it's um, just to come up. Because again, Marie, you're trying to get people's attention about maybe a serious problem. Like recently I did a TikTok about um, just checking your breasts for breast cancer and now breast um breast check is back up and running so encouraging people to if they've had it see can feel any abnormalities just go get checked out so I did a yeah. TikTok about that and in fairness Instagrammers like big Instagrammers are very very um obliging and willing to share your stuff um yeah. people have shared things for me with with massive followings like 50k and you're like oh my god this is cracked but again they will because it's it's empowering because it's educational and it might inspire someone to go do something about their problem so um, yeah, just trying to come up with ideas, basically, of how you get a point across, maybe about a smear test or something to do with women's health in order to get the point across. And people are so good to share. But I like about you that you kind of, you balance it well. You have you had a funny one. I was looking through them. Um, it was about mammies and the the news. And yeah, oh. you were out in the lawn and yeah. you were hopping in on the couch and it was just very funny. Yeah, and, and that went it. viral. And that's what I can't read. It's very funny. <laughs> how did this go you know you know different things go viral I don't I don't really understand the formula of how anything goes or flies you know you've no control over these things it either goes or it doesn't it's mad and then the other side of that is you did one about you were dressed as a nun and you were um about the mask (laughs) I I will wear my mask yeah I swear to god that that song you singing that was in my head all day long and you're not the first person to say that really? to me ever, and I'm like more and even a priest said it to me and I was like oh my god I really? found myself I was like I will wear my mask it's like to myself and I'm like oh my god well good good point proven brilliant so the message is getting out there yeah good good but I, I love it it's the crack a- as well just a bit of fun yeah, it's you. You really managed to balance the seriousness with the lightheartedness, you know, very well. And it's hard to get that balance, and I think you do that brilliantly. Good. So you're doing a great job. Great, thank you. I'm enjoying it, but it's hard now when I'm back to work to kind of, you know, be doing these things and um, kind of in my head planning things, you know. But I try to do something every week as much as I can. I know it's hard because people will want to see more of you now as well. Yeah, and um, you always into poetry, Jennifer. This is the other thing, Maria. I don't even think I can call it poetry, like a poem. I'm sure there's a formula or a or a thing that you need to follow in order to write a poem. I literally tell a story and rhyme it off. You know, rhyming. Yeah, good at rhyming, maybe. Um, but that's really it. And um, and again, I think it's a, just an engaging way of getting people to listen to your story instead of just standing and saying, oh, please do this and please do that and check this, check that, you know. So it's kind of just trying my best to to gain more of an engagement and maybe people will hang on and listen for that a little bit longer when when they, when it's sounding appealing, you know. Well, I remember actually now the first time I remember seeing you yeah. It wasn't recently. It was a while ago. Just when I saw your face, as that's mm-hmm. the girl that did the Connacht, the Connacht Telegraph. Didn't you do a poem? Um, oh, it might have been a year or two well, ago now. Probably about striking, was it? Yes, yes. Yes. That was the first time I saw you. And that was a brilliant poem as well. So, like, you're well able to, to rhyme and tell story through rhyme. And it's, it's lovely. And there's not many people doing it either. So, yeah. you know, you have your own little niche there. Well, 
for as long as people will tolerate listening to me yeah <laughs> no you're doing a great job oh, thanks, um, so Jennifer look you've been brilliant here tonight and you've gone through lots there um really insightful stuff where is the best place if anyone wants to follow you online where can they do it Yes, I only just have my Instagram page at Pooch and Cooch. Um, so you can follow me there. That's my handle and um, drop me a line. And people are very good as well to maybe get on to me if there's things that they would like to be covered. Um, and I try to do my best to go away and research things that I can, um, that I so I can bring you the most up-to-date information on whatever topic that you have sent me. Now, the other thing is, Maria, I get a lot of questions sometimes about people's care and I possibly could not answer um, yeah. any questions to do with maternity or midwifery mm-hmm. about your care when I don't know your background or anything like that so it's more kind of a, a broad spectrum and more of a support to women um, and I'm really just trying to encourage women to ask for help speak out if there's a problem and just find your group of women that 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 are going to get you through these hard times you know motherhood is tough um, I had a terrible day today with um, with my baby but tomorrow will be better you know there's always tomorrow and things always pass um, and it's more just to reassure women that are in that kind of headspace when you do have bad days like oh my god like what have we done here you know that that these will this too shall pass and keep saying that to yourself because um it really really does my eldest boy is three we had his uh, third birthday party at the weekend and I can't even believe that he's three I don't know where those three years have gone um but I've really really enjoyed every minute and moment of it looking back but when you're in those tough days you can't see it you just can't so you just need that constant reassurance and if you can't get it today maybe within your group of friends, you will, I 100% guarantee you, you will get it online because there's amazing girls to follow that are realistic, that are positive, that are reassuring, empowering and supportive. So please just reach out and look for these girls. Yeah, well, you're definitely one of them, Jennifer. And I <sighs> strongly encourage anyone listening to this to go to Jennifer's page, Pooch and Cooch, and follow along. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Jennifer I really enjoyed our chat tonight thank you so much thank you you poor girl after your long day (laughs) thanks for your dose thanks Jennifer take care cheers take care bye bye darling bye thank you Jennifer for that uplifting chat and lucky the mother that has you as their midwife if you enjoyed this episode please rate review and subscribe As this series draws to a close, I want to thank you, the listener, for your ongoing support. To anyone who's listened, shared, liked, or even recommended this podcast to a friend, you've helped bring me great joy, so thank you. In order to celebrate the end of season one, I have a giveaway for one lucky listener on my Instagram. Follow my life and stories for more details. You won't want to miss this one, trust me. If there's anyone you feel would be a good guest for series two, or if you feel like you have a story to tell yourself, please message me. I would love to hear from you. See you in season two. Take care.